Hey friends, welcome to the V Square podcast, our very own virtual public square. My name is Shireen Daniel and thank you for joining me. V Square is my favorite dream, a dream to create a space where we can enter with an open mind to learn from each other and grow together. I love talking to people. And in the months to come, you will meet some of my friends and we will get talking about some tough truths and sticky subjects. This space is for conversations like that. I believe this will be a journey that we will all take together, including me. A space where we will not be afraid to ask questions, but also keep in mind to respect each other and most importantly, our differences. Let's talk about the things that matter to everyone. Let's wrestle together to understand things that we don't. Let's learn to ask questions and find answers. Let's figure out together how to apply the Bible and its truth to the here and now. For the first topic to be discussed at V Square, we are taking on an important but not a very easy topic. We are talking about suicide. This is an attempt to recreate that conversation and look at it from a Christian perspective. Find encouragement from God's word on how to deal with this issue and share some tools to help ourselves and others. I have invited a good friend of mine, Nirmali Dias, to join me on V-Square, so we can together approach this sensitive topic. Nirmali is a counselor. She's very passionate about helping people. She's part of ASA Counseling, a wife and a mother of two lovely boys. So, let's dive right in. Hi, Nims. Thank you for joining me on this space here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of this discussion today. You know, this is the part where like when you're friends, you know, you get pushed into doing things. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I have a question because I told a friend that the first episode on V-Square podcast is going to be on suicide. And they were like, what? Mm-hmm. Why did you have to go pick that topic? Um <laughs> Right. That got me thinking, and I wanted to ask you as well, like, why did you say yes to, I mean, joining me on this topic? We could have done so many other topics, right, for the first one, mm-hmm. but we had to do this. So, yeah. Why Why did you say? Because was Shireen bothering you too much? Shireen pressurizing you too much? <laughs> calling you every day? Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. I felt the peer pressure. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, I actually thought uh, when you actually asked me to, um, you know, join you in this conversation, I was really happy because I think this is a topic that we don't really discuss a lot. Um, uh, yeah. Not even like, I mean, forget about just out there in the open, but churches as well um, within our Christian community. And it's something that I see quite often as well in um, the practice that I do as well. Um, And I just think it's a great opportunity to talk about it because the more we know, I think the better it is and the better we can help each other. For sure. And I told my friend that this this topic is quite close to my heart because I have a personal experience as well. I think there's something really powerful when we share our experiences because people can find themselves in our stories. And I think as Christians, there is a lot of conversation happening right now, but I'm for certain that there are things that we can work, uh, make it even better. So... Uh, It's only fitting that we start on this topic, right? So tell me, like you said, it's a tough topic. Why is it so hard to talk about this topic of suicide and especially in like our Christian community and in our Christian life? 
Yeah, I think this is a really good question to ask. Um, why is it so hard um, to talk about this topic within mm. the Christian community? Or why is it not spoken about so much? And I think this is really based on expectations of what the Christian life should be. So we're told that in the Bible, God values life. Uh, we are told not to murder. We are told that if you've received Christ, that um, we're supposed to have a full life, that he's accepted us, that we're valuable because he died for us, um, that we can be free, that he's with us always. And all of this is aligned with the word of God. But I think this expectation of the Christian life is misaligned with the way that we feel sometimes because our problems start overwhelming us and our emotions start overwhelming us as well and I think at this point our faith starts to become scrutinized because we think that we are not Christian enough and we can sometimes scrutinize ourselves or we sometimes might receive it from others um, so there's this like invisible standard that we are uh, setting or it, it's being set for us. And it's a standard that says that if you feel this way, that you're almost tarnishing the Christian faith. Um, because anyone who loves Jesus really shouldn't be feeling this way. Um, so, so this kind of um, thinking creates shame and a stigma attached um, to having suicidal um, ideation. And, and that's a really hard place to be in. We, we spoke to a couple of friends, right, about this whole topic. And when we asked people, there were people who wrote back to us. And some of the uh, responses um, that we got resonates with what you're saying, because people felt bad to, you know, uh, even comment on the topic of Christians struggling with suicide. We had even some say that, oh, you know, this is not what Jesus would want from us. What really is the meaning of stigma? You know, stigma, it's about negative, you know, attitudes against someone because of something that they struggle. And then here, people struggle with suicide, irrespective of whether they know Jesus or not. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering whether maybe it's some of the narratives that we've heard uh, growing up, uh, news. for example, yeah. like if it's like the story of Judas. And we can sometimes be influenced by narrative. I mean, Judas was yeah. a betrayer and suicide might equate to suicide done by wrongdoers. You know, like he, will, he did something wrong and that's why he did it. So if you are struggling with suicide, um, there could be sin in your life or, you know, you're, you've done something wrong. And sometimes that's not fair. We can't come to that conclusion. The, yeah. the dangerous part of like what you just said about it being stigmatized is that doesn't allow people to come out in the open and share their struggles. Yep, absolutely. And, and, and there's that fear of being judged. And um, that's right. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes it can even, you know, seem like you don't have enough faith. I mean, there are some cliche things that we hear amongst the Christian uh, community when it comes to this topic. Names. Have you heard anything like that? Yeah. I, I have heard uh, on one occasion, um, you're, you need to uh, spend a bit more time in the scriptures or with God. Hmm. That's why you feel this way kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Mm. 
or mm. that or that he is teaching you something right right or the immediate thing would be um you know you need to pray more you're not praying enough yeah yeah or sometimes and the most famous thing is like you hand out like five verses and you're like there you go have take one of these every day morning afternoon and night and you'll be fine right right and it says the scripture right? pills <laughs> yeah 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 and and it's said and and when we do that what happens is we uh, completely like close the doors on having a conversation having someone come forward and um, you know share their struggle with us um, in fact what are we uh, speaking in our circles like for example if you hear of someone who has died by suicide uh, in your family in your in your friend circle what's the immediate thing that you say do you say things like um, oh that's so sad i can't imagine what that person was going through or do you say something like oh don't talk about it Like, mm-hmm. don't even mention. Right. I mean, what is the kind of conversation that's happening um, within our circles? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a really important thing to make note of because you know, if we're not talking about this issue in the correct way, then we are actually not addressing the issue, and we're not also. acknowledging the struggle and the humanness of people and how they feel this way you know and in inevitably we don't if we're not going to talk about this in the correct way and you know we're not going to end up being that supportive carry each other burdens kind of a church that we need to be and that's the church that Christ wants us to be yeah 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 um so you mentioned earlier uh, names that you know Christians feel like they should not have um suicide ideation and we were talking about some of the things that you know we've heard that kind of like shuts the topic and closes the door on it and seals it um so mm-hmm. the big question right um why do they feel that way i mean why are we as christians not allowed to struggle with this mhm yeah there i i see two questions here uh why do they have suicide ideation and is it normal to struggle with it okay so let's take the why question first hmm. every person has different life experiences from childhood to adulthood these experiences contribute to their mental health and coping mechanisms Therefore if every human is unique then every person's reason to feel the way they do is unique as well. And so it's very hard to put a spiritual or a psychological blanket statement on why Christians in generals have suicide ideation. Mm-hmm. And and let's not forget right that the reasons could be of a purely psychological nature or a situational one and that's not something that we can um easily discover um whatever it is the reasons for this is something that the person who feels suicidal should be exploring with someone who is trained to help them through their struggles right um my story is unique from your story and yours is unique from mine and i think one of the big things we need to understand is that realizing and acknowledging the uniqueness of people's struggles it requires us to tread very carefully with our words and actions and it calls us to compassion 
rather than judgment. Hmm. Now, as for the question um, of uh, do Christians struggle with it? Yes, indeed hmm. they do, yeah. right? And uh, again, it's something they can't often share with others because as we discussed before, they fear being misunderstood or they feel that they are unchristian. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even as you're speaking, um, names, I, I think back to my experience, right? And I remember, mm-hmm. a, you know, a time in my life where I struggled with this, you know, I had thoughts that crossed my mind. And I really felt like I had like reached a limit. And that's another thing about those struggling with suicide. They feel like, you know, that they've done everything possible that they can think of. And you reach a point and you feel like, you know, you can't go on. Mm. And I mean, could I have talked to someone about it? Yes, definitely. But did I talk to someone? Uh, No. Mm. And um, when I think back now, I mean, I had like family, I had friends, I had people around me. So why, why was it that I felt like I couldn't speak to anyone about this? I, I think I kind of felt like nobody can help me out of the situation I was in. You, you know what that feeling is like? Yeah. Uh, names like you're, you're like nobody else, no one has a solution for this and you don't see a way out. Mm. Right. And, and you've also learned like, you know, sometimes these, that these battles that, you know, they're private and like you need to charge through them, but alone. So, um, right. Yeah. And uh, solo mission. Exactly. Exactly. And I thought I would be a, you know, a burden to my family and friends if I told them what was happening. And then like, I mean, all this pain would have to be then shared. Um, and, and I didn't want people to think like I was crazy. And, you know, like, you know, you feel like you're going to get judged, right, for your actions. And it was a very, very low moment um, in that time. And I didn't know, like, how to handle and manage my pain. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one thing that really stood out to me, even as you um, were talking, is this point about pain and judgment and loneliness like those are the three things that really stood out to me and you know I I just wonder if you wouldn't mind sharing like what did it feel like to have no one to talk to um it was very lonely yeah because you still have so many people around you and you're not able to kind of like be real with anyone and uh, you don't see a solution to your problem as well. So it's almost like a feeling of, you know, being trapped. Yeah, that's exactly the word that was coming to my mind, even as you were saying it, like yeah. trapped. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and Sharina, I, I just thought that I would share a bit of my story because when you said you felt trapped and that was also the word that came to my mind, that really resonates with me as well. Um, Because I have had my own experience of feeling this way. And I also had that same feeling of being trapped. And where it really started was when, when I became a mom. And the, the reason why I felt trapped was because I was actually a control freak by nature. I just loved routine and controlling things. And what happened when I became a parent 
was that it was a very rude awakening to my all of my imperfections, right? Um, and maybe, uh, you know, a lot of other parents share in the same feeling. Oh, we are um, all in. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, my baby wasn't sleeping. He he couldn't, you know, he didn't stick to the routine. I, I really couldn't control the situation and I was heavily sleep deprived. And, um, you know, and rather than thinking, hey, my baby's got to learn how to sleep. I actually took it on to myself and I thought, hey, I'm, I'm an incompetent mom. I can't do this. I can't keep a schedule. And I just couldn't control things. So I just felt overwhelmed by this. Mm-hmm. Uh, my emotions were really overwhelming. And this was a trend that was in my life for various other things as well. I would scrutinize and overthink every single thing that I did that was wrong because I just had this thing like I I had to try to control the situation and my emotions were overwhelming me and then that's when I started to have this contemplation although I never attempted to take my life I entertained the thought that what if I wasn't here anymore does my life really have value would anybody miss me um, and you know, I'm sure and it would be an easy okay. place to be at, right? No, definitely not. Um, and it was something that I was doing, you know, not, not that my husband wasn't there, not that I wasn't praying and communicating with God cause I was, but those were moments of deep loneliness. Um, and that I felt like I was trapped cause I couldn't leave my, my child. I couldn't leave my husband. I, but then at the same time, I felt like, what do I do? I feel so overwhelmed by this. Um, and to be honest, I mean, the only way I really turned the corner on this was when I reached out for help, when I spoke to somebody who was really trained to help me with my struggles is when I really found um, my relief and I was able to navigate through my pain because at the end of the day, this is not something that anyone should have to do alone. Yeah, yeah. I a thought that crossed my mind was it kind of contrasts from things that we have heard. You know, when when someone's struggling with the idea of suicide, that you're not close to God. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. we were just talking about, having more faith and you know, uh, needing to pray yeah. more. But you know how you shared how you still you know you prayed and you you questioned God. You know, and and I'm glad that you spoke to someone. Yeah, because. That I'm sure must have helped you a lot, right? Yeah, absolutely. It was my turning point. I mean, I started to understand what was going on with me uh, because all along I was just trying to figure it out myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm uh, thinking of the story that you shared with me, uh, you know, the one about the rats. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to uh, share the story. Yeah. The story is about a man who... You know, he owned a house and he had suddenly like this terrible infestation of rats. He did like everything that he can possibly do. You know, right? Like how we we tried the trap, we tried the sticker thing, you know, and all this. (laughs) The hull mess on the trap and then like we upgrade to maybe like a a piece of cheese or whatever. I don't know whether we still give rats cheese, but but, (laughs) you know, he tried everything and then... uh, it, it wasn't working out. 
and he didn't see any other way unfortunately do you know what he did names you told me the story and i'm asking you what what he did um you know <laughs> he he actually burnt this house down you know it, it's it's the pain that we struggle with the most and that we don't want mm-hmm. to feel yeah yeah and we can't see and a way out he, of it yeah no i think he he got so frustrated that he mm. could not solve this problem and it was just irritating him bothering him he couldn't live in his house anymore because it was just overwhelming him and so sometimes we take the most drastic decisions because we just want to get rid of that problem and that's what he did he took the most drastic approach which was burning his whole house down and so sometimes that can be that feeling um i'm not saying it's the feeling for everyone but it can be that overwhelming feeling like i can't deal with this problem i it is just taking over everything that i'm doing and i just don't want to deal with it that pain as you said and so i just have no other choice but the one thing that the man didn't do was ask for help yeah and i i mean i feel like we need to boss here names um mm-hmm. and if you're listening in um to this podcast and you know you're feeling like you're struggling with pain um we want you to know that you know you don't have to be alone um you just don't have to journey through this alone um like ning said you you know she reached out for help and um just like her you don't have to walk through this alone you can actually reach out to someone and and we want you to hold on and listen to the end of the um end of this uh, episode because um we are going to be providing some contact numbers and um so that you can reach out and talk to someone um if you need to but we just really need you to know that you're not alone and you don't have to go through this on your own yeah absolutely um don't do it alone and i think this is where the community of believers comes into as we said earlier we need to be more aware of what's happening within our community and accept that this is a reality um to be honest from my experience it's it's a real human struggle and it's experienced by christians and from non-christians as well yeah so names i mean yeah we need to ask for help and we just spoke about you know how christians feel and you know um and how our stories are unique we just shared about it um that still is a question right of where is god in this pain like does he even understand does the bible talk about this um what does the bible really say when it comes to this topic i think this is a excellent question that you've brought up and it's also a really challenging point as well not just in the area of suicide but in general life struggles um we ask this question does god know my pain does he even understand me and what i'm going through mm-hmm. and sometimes you know we cry out and pray and i'm reminded of david in the psalm singing laments and um hoping that god has not forgotten him or that god hears his cry for help you know um yeah. and oftentimes it ends really well you know with god you know him saying god is here for me so that's a good 
uh, a clue for us, even as, um, you know, I'm just going to explain a bit further. Mm-hmm. Um, but I particularly want to share a story in the Bible, which really highlights how God responds to situations like this. Um, the story of Elijah in First Kings 19. Um, right. I'm right. not going to read the story out. Um, but I am going to summarize it just a little bit for um, our listeners who uh, may not know the story so well. So now Elijah is a prophet of the Lord. Okay. And he's just, uh, just asked God to perform a miracle of quenching the water in the altar with the fire from heaven. Okay. I mean, you can't even imagine how spectacular that must have been. (laughs) Okay. Um, But at the end of the day, straight after that, um, the word of the queen of Queen Jezebel really um, grips him with fear because she says, I'm coming after you, Elijah, because of that miracle. And um, and he literally just fear grips him and he runs away. Um, mm-hmm. He has like an assistant or um, like an aide with him, which he drops off in one town. And then he goes off alone. Again, we see this theme of loneliness right Mm -hmm. into the wilderness okay and he sits down under a broom tree okay and you know what he does he prays but he prays that he would die and that the lord would take his life okay Mm -hmm. and then he falls asleep and so for me this is um it can be shocking because you're talking about the Lord's prophet, the man who God speaks with to the people of Israel, but also there is a sense of comfort. Um, You know, I don't know about you, but certainly for me, because I'm, you know, I'm seeing that there's a human um, thing going on here. He's human. He's feeling these emotions and he's overwhelmed by a situation so he's obviously feeling fear that's an emotion he's overwhelmed by it um he's obviously got something going on with him but he's um he doesn't want to live anymore he's so gripped with emotion that he he wants he wants god to take his life Mm -hmm. um and then he falls asleep so that that that's something um to think about but then what happens next and this is really interesting an angel is sent to him okay (laughs) wakes him up and instructs him to eat cake (laughs) and drink okay Mm -hmm. right so wouldn't that be a great message here you're feeling sad have some cake um right eat cake and carry on basically that's right keep Um, calm eat cake (laughs) carry on that's right yeah so elijah eats the cake he drinks and then he falls back asleep again Okay, he Mm. wakes up again. Okay, the angel wakes him again. And then he's asked to eat and drink again. So, I mean, a couple of things I see here. Number one, do you hear any voices from heaven saying, Elijah, you should pray more? Okay, Elijah, where is, you know, what's happened to you? You're supposed to be a prophet. You can't feel this way. Yeah. No, God is... You know, he's God not, is providing. He's not confronting or judging Elijah in this moment, right? Where like moment of weakness exactly. for a leader. Ex- yes, exactly. I mean, in that moment, God has understood he is human. And, and, and it's backed up by the fact that he gives him food and water and he sleeps. 
because he knows that we are we are human we're made out of these um you know bodies that need nourishment we need rest so that's also a big part of our self regulation yeah um but and you know this is what god knows so at this point we can see god understands us yeah. he he sees the pain that we're going through and he god doesn't address the problem right away as you can see he will address the problem later but what he wants to do is strengthen elijah okay mm-hmm. and i think elijah after that point he walks for 40 days he gets up he walks for 40 days he's led to a mountain um and um you know then at that point god addresses him with you know this whole idea of what what's what's going on here elijah what are you doing here so that's the point at which god then addresses what's happened to him you know and why he feels the way he does so um and i and i just here i want to point out as well um do you see how god's timing is so good as well yeah yeah um right like the lord is so understanding that that's not the right time when elijah's down and out when he's hungry and tired it's not the right time to address the issue his timing is so perfect and he um addresses it later with him so this can tell us about god listens he gently questions to reveal the truth and his timing is perfect because of his tenderness and great love towards the struggle that we have and towards us as individuals so that is how i would respond to the question of does god really understand us and does he know what we're going through and and elijah is just one example i mean moses also um wanted um god to take his life he also um felt depressed. So he's not Elijah's not the only person and these are great leaders. And so it brings us comfort to know that um if they can experience those emotions then sometimes we can as well, but it doesn't mean it's the end or that it's a lost cause. Yeah. And and another thing that I um you know it just came to my mind as I was listening to your names was the approach And sometimes mm. i think we get like the wrong side of things for example we are too worried and we are too concerned about making this a whole moral issue and we bring out right. sin and we are too busy arguing and you know and and sometimes you know we see the wrong things but just being there i mean we may not have like angels to come and give us cake and uh, you know <laughs> um yeah it it brings me to the next uh, question of how how can we be there for people see here right that i mean the lord is present with elijah he yes. sends someone to be with him um and but here as a community like how can we be that we how can we not get caught to the whole instead of making yes. sense of it but we really be there and be present for people you know right exactly and and i think this is so so important because as you said often as a christian community we try to intellectualize the emotional right. issues that's right good. <laughs> right yeah and what we do need to do is be present with people through their pain and sometimes you know we we may not be you know the right person completely to help people with their struggles but can we somehow you know be like that angel i mean we're not angels but you know 
we have friends and, and people around us who can offer us a meal, mm-hmm. who can um, provide us with some care, um, say, hey, you know, you're feeling down. Can I run an errand for you? Can I babysit for you? Um, what what can I do to support you right now? Because you're feeling really alone and you need that support. Uh, another thing I was uh, thinking of is, is that you ask the big question. Um, are you thinking of ending your life or are you feeling suicidal? Right. And, and sometimes that can be a very hard question. I mean, even as I'm saying it, and maybe even when you're listening to it, it can be a hard one to ask. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are, are feeling a no. Yep. And then we're so scared, like, if it's a yes, what do you do? Like, yep. it's almost like, Absolutely. you know, you want to dig a hole and disappear kind of thing. So we are yes, hoping that, yes. you know, the other person says um, no to the question. Yeah, that's right. Because we don't know what to do with that information. I think, uh, you know, when we ask that question, I think there's something really powerful about that. Because you are actually telling someone that you really care for that person. When you, and and it, just, mm. it just shifts the entire thing. Right. And right. it's so important yeah. to be asking that question. But like, when do you ask that question? How do you know when to ask that question? So um, I think that's a great question. When is the right time to ask um, a question like, are you feeling like you want to take your life or you want to end it or you're feeling suicidal? Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that um, when the person is um, asking or saying things like, I just um, don't feel any point in doing this anymore. I feel trapped. I'm worthless, even saying I'm just so low right now and this is getting me really down. Hmm. Those are good indications. Yeah. That and and um, even when, you know, you find sometimes people sort of like tying up their loose ends, you know, they're giving away like, you know, priced possessions of theirs, um, mm-hmm. you know, or they're like isolating and they're withdrawing from friend circles. Um, uh, I mean, now, yeah. of course, we are all isolated, but um, you know that, you know, when they talk to you and they give you this sense of like they're feeling kind of like trapped in a situation, like how you and I felt. Um, yeah. So yeah. It, not, it might not necessarily come out as like, you know, oh, I want to, uh, you know, in my life, but um, or it could be even uh, what they put on social media. Right, Nims? Yeah. 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 But these, and, are, these are only for, I mean, for your awareness. I mean, it's not like that you walk around and diagnose people, you know, oh, you posted that yeah. on social media, so maybe you are, hmm, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And it doesn't mean that everyone who's going through a hard time is feeling suicidal either. Yeah. But yeah. we are, we, we do want to um, equip people and equip ourselves to know that there are challenging seasons in people's lives. And um, if they don't have the, you know, the correct coping mechanisms or whatever, they can often feel very overwhelmed mm-hmm. um, by their emotions. And just being there as a friend and saying, hey, listen, are you there? Uh, are, are you feeling okay? Um, you know, I've been thinking about you really, really helps. Yeah, yeah. So so now we, we ask the big question and then what names? Because I mean, you we might not be really equipped, right, to handle something like that. So then what do you do when you, when you ask the question and say you've got a yes? The, I, this is a great question because it relates back to that first one of 
I don't want to ask this question. And I think what you said was the answer that people give. Mm -hmm. uh, people feel that possibly they're responsible now for this human life mm -hmm. and they don't, they're scared to take that on. And let me just assure you that you can ask for help outside of yourself, obviously. Right. There are trained people. As, as I found a counselor who was able to help me through my struggles, you are able to also get help from others as well. Make sure that you have contact information for people within your church community or even hotlines where you can direct a friend. You don't have to be alone in helping your friend. That's yeah. important to remember because yeah. we're all in it to support each other. And you are just basically the connecting point who is going to support someone else. And isn't that amazing? You get to be a person that connects someone possibly to their recovery and healing. And so mm -hmm. that's an, a wonderful opportunity and, and a, um, you would say a great responsibility, but also a joy to be a part of that person's journey for their wellness. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in our daily conversations with people names, right, with this, you know, the current situation and everything, um, how are you doesn't sound right anymore, you know? Do you ever feel like when <laughs> yeah. someone asks you, how are you, and you're like, I have like a 200 word answer for that, but for now, I'm going to tell you I'm fine. Do you ever feel like saying that? <laughs> or is it just me? Yeah. No, absolutely. It's such a general thing, isn't it? It's a very... Yeah you know, generalized statement. And what's like, when you hear the, the statement, how are you? What's the automatic answer? I'm, I'm fine. fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm, but, I'm, you I'm, know, I've moved on a little bit now names. I give answers like shape or yeah, like right. going, going on, going. Yeah. Carrying um, on. Yeah. <laughs> shape, <laughs> okay, going. All these are like the new answers I have uh, figured out, you know, where I feel like yeah. I'm giving you a little bit more than I'm fine. More, <laughs> right. But it, it isn't really alluding to anything much more because um, yeah. there's probably a plethora of emotions and experiences behind the I'm fine. So I think, um, it would be good to think about some phrases that besides how are you that could really get people engaged in, you know, um, knowing how, how they are actually doing. Because if yeah. you're going to be a, a true friend, that's yeah. really what you want to know, right? That's right. And so if it's like a situation, you ask, how is that situation now? You know, is it is it better? You know, do you need any support? Or maybe like, yeah, you've been like really quiet lately. How are things with you? You know, are you anxious about something? Sometimes, you know, you need to ask people that um, or are right. you feeling down? The gift of presence is, I think, the best thing that you can give to anyone oh, yeah. right now. Absolutely. Especially at this time. Yeah. in the world and in our nation um your presence as a friend is so valuable right now yeah um you just care deeply for people you know just just yeah and friendship is not cancelled we still got zoom exactly. uh, we can pick up the telephone we can see how people are doing uh, sometimes um you know there are instances where people might even Uber eats something to somebody just to yes. make them feel better. If yes. you have the you capacity to do that. Eclairs. <laughs> and who doesn't love eclairs to That's make right. them feel better? Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, this right. has been a great conversation, Nims. Thank you so much for being like so real and sharing, you know, your struggle as well. I'm Thank hoping, you for having me. 
I'm hoping that, you know, everyone who listens in can pick something, you know, that we can actually apply to our day-to-day lives. Just to reiterate that um, idea and that knowledge of you're not alone if you're going through this and um, reach out for help. There are people who are willing to listen and listen with compassion and you can share your struggles and your journey with them and um, we can do this together. So Mm. that is what I will end with. Yeah. Maybe like you have lost someone to this and, you know, you carry so much of guilt and pain that you you weren't able to be there for that person. You have done everything that you possibly could have done. Um, Mm. And you know, Jesus sees your pain. Um, and and um, I think we can rest in that knowledge that, you know, um, God sees us, he hears us, and, um, you know, he, he, he knows that we have done everything that we possibly can. Um, and also, like, if you have tried, you know, sometimes if you have tried to end your life and now you have had to live with that uh, shame and that guilt, um, that you did something, you know, that was not pleasing to God. Um, again, I just want to remind you here that um, his love is, I mean, it's a never ending love and his grace and his mercy is there. So um, you just have to run back into his embrace and that's it. He is there for you, you know. So um, just mm-hmm. want to remind people because we might have different listeners listening in right names. Um, yes. And uh, if you have been struggling, like Nim said, uh, we will post the uh, contact numbers, uh, the CCC hotline, and even uh, we have a, a you know another a hotline that if you're struggling with uh, uh, suicidal ideation or you know someone that is uh, that you can reach out to and you can get help. And in closing, I just want to tell you, you know, uh, Psalms 139 tells us that you know we're beautifully and wonderfully created by Him. If God could take all this trouble to make us, it's because he has placed so much value in us. Um, So don't ever forget that, keeping that in mind. Thank you, Nims, for joining. Thank you again. Um, And uh, we will uh, meet soon again, right, Nims? Yes, we will. I'm signing you up for another 10 episodes. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) Thank you again. Well, friends, that's a wrap on our first episode. In closing, I just want to encourage you to consider to do more. Suicide Prevention Day falls in the month of September, and there's always much conversation around this time. But can we consider to move beyond the hashtag activism? Check up on those around you and be the kind of safe place, a friend, in who someone who is struggling can share about their stresses, about their pain. Look to support and not always fix people. Show those who are struggling that you are there for them and for those who have survived that you are proud of them and for those who have lost someone that you are there to support them. Keep following us on Instagram and Facebook and let's continue the conversation. Friends, we have a God who is kind to us even when we have been unkind to ourselves. He sees our pain and our tears. Take care and until next time, remember to keep it real.